Welcome to this week's episode of the 180DC podcast. Currently, you're listening to our second episode of our Women Leadership series, so make sure to listen to the first one if you haven't already. If you don't know who 180DC is, we are the world's largest student consultancy for nonprofits and social enterprises. And this episode is brought to you by the 180 Degrees Consulting Branch from the University of Melbourne. And as per usual, always feel free to listen to our prologue for a better understanding of what this podcast aims to achieve or visit our socials. There are timestamps below for easier browsing access as well as the socials for this week's guests so you can check out their profile whilst listening. Enough for me for now, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the 180DC podcast. We're super stoked to be shooting the second part of our Women in Leadership series. I'm touching base with Jenny Thompson today in this episode, who's currently based in Sydney. Jenny is a senior product marketing manager at Canva, which is one of the biggest startups Australia has to offer in the world. Jenny is also actually a 180DC alumni from Houston, and hence a welcome back to you. So welcome back to 180DC for this episode, Jenny, and of course, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to be here. Stella, uh, Jenny, your background is quite interesting, forging your journey in the world of marketing, specifically digital and product marketing itself, from getting your early day gigs during uni to some of the biggest companies in the world since you stepped foot off of 1ABC and graduated with your bachelor's. It's been a wild ride. And so if you wouldn't mind, Jenny, I would really love an introduction so our listeners at home can really grasp the extent to which I've heard to your experience. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you. That's so flattering. Uh, but yeah, I've been really lucky. I've been lucky enough to work in product marketing at some of the most incredible tech companies in the world, in my own very biased opinion. Um, so I actually started as a marketing intern at Microsoft, and that was during my last year of uni, so I was actually in 180DC. And then after I interned there, I joined their grad program. And in a really fortunate turn of events, I ended up leading the retail launch for Windows 10 in that first year as a grad. And that wasn't because I was exceptional at my job. It was actually because the person who was meant to be leading it quit. (laughs) So they had a gap and they needed someone to do that. But luckily for me, that launch went really well and it caught the attention of the head office over in Seattle. So I got the opportunity to move over to HQ um, and do product marketing over there for the Surface device range, which is awesome. Loved that experience, but after a few years, I was a bit homesick. So I decided to come back to Australia and then I joined um, a startup called Safety Culture, which is based in Sydney. And it's going absolutely gangbusters, which was awesome to work for, but it's actually across the road from Canva. And I've been watching Canva for a little while and I loved what they were doing with the product and what they were doing for the world. So I made the move over to Canva earlier this year. So now I'm leading a product marketing team there that focuses on key products and making sure that we can do everything we can to empower the world to design. Wow, what a great introduction. <laughs> it really was. And it really is impressive to see you navigate your career from that point in time when you first stepped into the world of marketing at Microsoft to the pit stops you've made along the way. And so I think in today's episode, one of the first areas I wanted to tackle was this field you're such an expert in, which is of course marketing itself. The concept is really broad in the world of commerce, and so I thought it would be insightful to hear your personal explanation of what marketing means to you, Jenny, and how it relates to what you do at Canva as a senior product marketing manager. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I think marketing is one of the most misunderstood fields, um, often confused with advertising. And for me, they're, you know, they're hand in hand, but they're definitely not the same thing. To me, marketing is all about showing the right group of people something that will add value to their life. 
So that's my core mission as a product marketer. Marketing shouldn't be evil. It shouldn't be manipulative. It doesn't have to be in your face. If you're doing it right, it should be subtle. And it should say the right thing in the right place, the right place that people are going to for information and at the right time. So I think the first part of that is really finding the right people. So segmenting the audience to find out what's working for different groups today and how your product could help them specifically. And then figuring out where they go for information about a particular topic. And once you've figured out where they're actually going, what's the product and what's the message that's going to resonate with them and bring you to the platform? So at this point, what's going to bring people into Canva and really show them the right value proposition for them? So for example, one of the launches that we recently did at Canva was all around presentations, our presentations product, because what we realized, little key insight, it's really hard to make beautiful slides easily in the tools that exist today. So pretty much simple, simple value proposition, have all the stock imagery, all the assets that you need at your fingertips and make something beautiful in a template that's already created for you. Insight, audience, right people, right message, right time. Yeah, I think one of the things that makes Canva such an interesting company to dissect from an outsider's perspective is its products, right? Why the company is killing it in the industry. Why I think killing it, I mean, its valuation is easily above a billion dollars, by the way. <laughs> and so I think from a startup's POV, there's always this need to develop a product that's different and unique in its own way. And it also meets up your customers' requirements and preferences, like you mentioned. And so I think to yeah. build off that, when you and your team look to develop things such as a brand strategy beyond just the logo, the slogan or the name. How does your team understand its direction and its vision for the customer? Because I think, I know you lead the charge on growth products of specifically videos and clips. How do you know you're deploying the right resources and the right people that ultimately do achieve efficient marketing for a product? Yeah, great question. Very deep, I like it. Um, first, I just want to touch on what you mentioned before around creating a brand strategy, because I just want to be really clear that there's a difference between brand marketing and product marketing. So we're partnering really closely, but they're different uh, areas of concern. So brand marketing is really concerned with more of those upper funnel metrics. So for Canva in its entirety, how are we looking in terms of awareness and how are we looking in terms of brand love? Whereas as for product marketing, we're really focusing on the lower funnel. So making sure that people are seeing value with specific products and that they want to sign up and they feel like experts so that they keep coming back. So in terms of deploying the right resources to make sure we're bringing people in, the first step for me is always making sure that we do truly understand the funnel. So where are people entering when they're trying to figure out what video platforms are out there that they could potentially use? If we take video for an example, what's that like top level? How are we acquiring that knowledge? So a lot of that is around like SEO and capturing search demand. Um, and for video specifically, a lot of that's actually on YouTube. In fact, YouTube is a better channel for video than Google in terms of search volumes. So that's where it starts. And then bringing people in through our flow. So what do our websites look like? How are we showcasing that value proposition? What's the sign up flow through onboarding? How do they make sure that, how do we make sure that they're set up to create uh, their first video and have that aha moment of, oh, this was successful. Um, and how do we keep them coming back? So how do we remind them that they have created something amazing, whether it's through email marketing or other lifestyle tactics? So yeah, that's pretty much uh, the flow that we follow at Canva in the initial stages and then optimizing all of those different parts of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Well, firstly, thank you for correcting me. I think it's a general confusion of blame where I fall into that pool that can't seem to tell the difference between brand marketing and product marketing. But just a follow-up question to that in regards to 
the data because I remember asking you this beforehand, but is there a day where you come in and see that the data has a plummeted or spiked or something you recently pushed and you have no idea the reason behind it? <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. Um, we definitely see some stuff that we do expect. So for example, um, as a global company, when we look at the data in June and July and August, when the US and Europe is largely on holiday, we do get what we call the summer slump across most product areas. That's totally normal for any sort of uh, business that's working within other workplaces. But then, yeah, sometimes you just get days for some reason something spiked or for some reason something's dropped. And it is actually really important that we figure out what's happened in those moments. Hopefully, if it's dropped, it's just a data error for some reason. But maybe we've launched an experiment that's gone wrong. Maybe there's some sort of technical bug in the actual product that's stopping people from completing what they're in there to complete. And if it's higher, we also want to figure it out because we want to know what we've done so that we can keep doing it and bring people back time and time again. So yeah, those moments are very key in terms of defining our strategy and our plans and correcting. Yeah, the data really shows a lot of different things. And well, I think that's probably why I'm not efficient at data analytics, but I can really <laughs> see where the marketing motivations come from. Um, Jenny, your perception of the field really definitely illustrates me why what I said, what I said at the start. You're an expert in the field of product marketing itself, like working your passion and leading teams at Canva. And so Canva having the startup origin where it's reached a level of being a unicorn is really an interesting concept. The idea of startups are starting to become a topic of interest among the younger generation with this transition to areas like product marketing, product management, UX, UI design, getting a lot more traction nowadays with everyone wanting to work in this field or one of these roles sometime in their career. But Jenny, you started out in this field a lot earlier back when you were leading the global product marketing for the service firm at Microsoft a couple of years back, right? And so how did you come to terms that this was the career pathway you had chosen that you felt was a right fit for you? And what advice would you like to give to out there to those who want to become PMs or PMMs or UX UI designers, whether it's those who are aspiring to work in that field sometime in the future or one day or perhaps those who are already working in things like marketing and brand consulting and want to make the transition itself to product marketing? Yeah, great question. I mean, my journey of product marketing was almost by accident, to be completely honest. So when I was at the University of Sydney, I was studying um, commerce and liberal studies. My majors were marketing and economics. And to be honest with you, I really thought that I was going to be taking more of the economics path. And when I was looking at grad programs, I did the very typical thing at the time and was looking at all the consultancies and was interviewing actually at Deloitte and Microsoft at the same time. But I found the experiences to be really different. Like I was talking sort of to groups of people in the consulting interviews and to the different individuals. And you sort of understand quite quickly that while you're going to be working on really awesome projects, you're probably going to be... Um, maybe a little bit more siloed than you'd be in other areas. They've got quite robust structures around grads and how much responsibility you can have. Whereas in talking to Microsoft, it really was about the sphere of impact that you could have. They charged you with projects from the very beginning that you had to either succeed or fail in. And I think that that's just a massive testament to the way that the tech industry works. Like no matter where you are, you pretty much um, are going to have a major impact in the world around you with the projects that you're given. So I loved that. I loved the level of responsibility. I loved the fact that it was so empowering. Um, so that drove me into tech. And then 
as I was working in that industry, I sort of naturally found myself in product marketing because I did love learning more and more about the products, about the customers, figuring out those pain points. Um, and that was sort of a natural resting place for me to get to. Um, for people who do want to transition into product marketing, there's three key areas that you should make sure that you're developing skills in because this is exactly what product marketing is all about. So the three areas are the customer, the product, and the market. So going into the customer, be tapped in to what people want in the world at large, identify opportunities and seek out moments to see what pain points are, what exists, and how different products could help to solve those pain points. In terms of the product, really understand what table stakes features are in the areas that you're interested in or want to work in and what are wow features or differentiators so that you can really point to areas where you've identified those um, and articulate how they resonate to that customer that we've talked about before. And then related, and that third category is around the market. So what is the size of the different opportunities? What are the trends in the market that's gonna make it either grow or slow down? And what's the competitive landscape look like because those, as I say, those are the three main areas and building blocks within product marketing. So if you can show skills in those areas and develop those, you'll have a much easier pathway into product marketing. Wow, some great advice, a great outline of product <laughs> marketing. Yeah. I read that your passion, I read on LinkedIn that your passion comes from this ability to unlock potential and create new opportunities for society and for business, and that your motivation comes from not accepting the status quo, but rather asking this question, uh, how might we, to every situation and any problem you may come face to face to, which is quite fascinating to hear. It's like really builds it's upon... It's such a fun exercise. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's a, Jenny, you've stepped into leadership roles along the way, and you also worked in the field of STEM consistently throughout your career, Microsoft being the tech giant it is. You've worked at Safety Culture, which is a great software company, and now you have this privilege to work in the tech unicorn Canva. And so things like management and STEM are two categories which your roles have fallen into in the past and yeah. currently. And data in the past has shown that both of these criteria are more male-dominated itself. And so I better refer to some data for this. And so McKinsey did a poll this time last year uh, showing that women only made up 38% of leadership and managerial roles. And also only 85 women were being promoted for every 100 men that were promoted. And also a survey I know that the American Association of University Women did showed that only 28% of the STEM workforce were women and most college STEM majors were being overpopulated by male presence. And so the question I want to pose to you, Jenny, revolving around the theme of women in leadership for today's episode is, as a woman in STEM, what advice would you like to pass on to the women who want to pursue STEM roles or even specifically tech roles themselves? And secondly, what are some advice you would want to give to women out there who want to step into leadership roles one day? I would start by saying the most important thing is understanding yourself separate from the environment. So the environment is changing every day. You know, within the last 200 years, the leaps and bounds that have been made in terms of progress for women have been huge and exponential. So first things first, remove the environment, figure out what you want to do. If you want to work in STEM or if you want to be a leader, especially a leader within STEM, identify that first. Make sure that you know what your path looks like without the environment. Adding in the environment, take it as it comes. Don't assume that people have bad intent or that there's anything that's going to go against you simply for the fact that you are a woman. 
Um, because I think a lot of people can get in their own heads about that and get concerned when it doesn't necessarily need to be a cause for concern. If there is a cause for concern and you feel like your environment is working against you, I really encourage people to find a strong female mentor who's been in a similar situation before and figure out how to navigate those challenges, but don't let them become blockers for you because if it is your dream, if it is your passion, if it's where you want to be, then you need to find the path to get there. Really spot on. You really do embody one of the great women the world has to offer in leadership and it's super inspiring to see your take on this. Whether it be consulting, whether it be product marketing, or whether it be any role or any job, like you mentioned, it shouldn't be gender specific. And I hope the women listening to this episode today that are looking to start in the workforce or looking to make the transition into consulting or STEM, or maybe perhaps be that gender barrier itself. I am speaking with living proof that you can do it. And yes, it may take effort <laughs> and perseverance to do it, but I think out there, there are many journeys waiting to unlock their potential and become the next you, actually, in tech startups or better yet starting their own company and joining the hall of fame of female ceos along with canva founder melanie perkins i think if i believe in you actually no if jenny believes in you then i think that just leaves that yourself that you need to believe in you yeah exactly but i think i didn't even realize but we're almost out of time for today and so to conclude today's episode jenny i wanted to throw you a question that is in theme with how we normally end episodes on the 1adc podcast which is with a really question that yeah. isn't job or career related, but somehow still related to you. And so how I want to keep uh-huh. this question is motivating and inspiring because you've been an inspiration to myself today and hopefully our listeners at home. And so I remember a question that we had asked uh, on the second episode I ever shot of this podcast, actually, we spoke with Chai Ying. And one of the things we didn't get the chance to touch base about was this quote that she resonated with personally. And so I want to take a twist on that concept and pose this question to you, Jenny. If you had to tattoo your arm with a message to yourself or perhaps even a quote that personally inspires you, what would you want to say and why? Well, before I answer mine, Kevin, I think I'm going to need a little bit of inspiration from you. I'd love to hear what your quote would be. My quote? Oh, (laughs) actually, I was thinking about this recently as well. Actually, I remember I gave a different answer last time, but the quote that resonates with me a lot is walk the path in front of you, not the path of those who walk beside you. And so it's always focusing on your trajectory moving forward. Yeah. And never having to worry about what other people are doing. It really tackles the concept of imposter syndrome really well by saying that, okay, there's a path in front of you. Why do you want to walk on the path of your friends? Like they have different trajectories. You have your focus, your mission, your true north as a whole. And so I think that's the quote that that. resonates with me, yes. That's so good. Okay, well, now that you've been brave, I'll be (laughs) brave too, tell you mine. Um, One of my favourite quotes is from a truly inspirational leader in my life, and it goes, you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. And I think that this one really resonates with me because, as I mentioned before, for women, but honestly for everyone, one of our biggest roadblocks is getting in our own way and not believing that we're capable of doing some of the stuff that we honestly are and we have no proof to say that we're not so just taking that back um and what's also great about this being a tattoo is that it could have a really cute picture next to it because that inspirational leader is actually uh winnie the pooh oh. and he's talking to piglet <laughs> oh, <laughs> about that. not going oh. in his own way mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's so nice uh, you know 
I'm always left breathless by every guest's ability to just answer the final wheeling question without any hesitation whatsoever. And today, Jenny, you <laughs> exemplify that continuous momentum, not only through your answer to that question, but also through everything you've shared with us today. I had a lot of fun shooting this episode, and I think for myself and the 180DC family, we really wanted to thank you for touching base with us again after your time here many years ago. And wish you all the best for your future endeavours. As always, thank you, thank of course, you so for coming on today's episode and providing us with great content for the Women Leadership Series. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kevin. And to anyone who is currently in 180 Degrees Consulting, good job. You're already on an amazing trajectory and you're doing really good work. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs>